Hello and welcome to Slick Talk. I'm your host, Blackstone Joe. This is episode 80, and I'm glad you're here. Take down this number, 614-407-6169. This is the voicemail account for Slick Talk, where you are welcome to call in with your questions relating to this show, Blackstone Laboratories in general. I might entertain a few extracurriculars. I am not shy about volunteering personal details about my life, my sports fandom, my running, my car. So I'll have a little fun with it. But this voicemail is mainly to be used for your questions, keeping that listener interaction that we value so highly around here with this show. And we want to encourage that. As such, you're welcome to call in and the questions we have the answers to will be more than happy to answer in upcoming episodes. Again, that voicemail number is 614-407-6169. I'm very excited to see what sort of questions start rolling in. So as soon as you're done listening here, feel free to dial that number and send those questions along. I have several topics I want to cover on today's show. And first off, I want to give a shout out to another engine. I think it was either last episode or the one before. I talked about an engine that I was looking at a sample from and and it impressed me and I thought would impress you. And here I am again talking about a 2011 Toyota Tacoma. This engine, first sample we'd seen from it, I think it was a a new customer as well. It's an engine with 435,000 miles on the odometer. One of the notes on the slip, the customer lets know that it's been one owner ever since that vehicle left the factory. And the results were excellent. These coming from the 1GR FE motor that I'm sure a lot of you know. I'm sure a lot of you also consider them to be bulletproof. They certainly look fantastic on our end on a regular basis. We hold them in high regard and for good reason. They look fantastic and so did this one. And I wanted to talk about the results relative to a common customer expectation, I would say. And that is that a high mileage motor might make more metal than a lower mileage motor. And that's not true, especially in the case of this engine in particular. Over 400,000 miles on that odometer, yet the engine was wearing very well compared to averages for the engine type. The results looked great for mileage on the oil, no contamination. It's a clean report from top to bottom, normal viscosity, oil filtration, keeping insolubles low. This engine knocked it out of the park in every way you could ask it to. Now, the low metals could be due in part to the fact that, you know, as parts age and have more miles put on them, you know, over time, they won't have as much metal to give. But when you have metals that are in a healthy balance, meaning we have the dominant metal that we expect to be dominant, and then you have your secondary metal, aluminum, copper, etc., seeing that typical shape and a wear profile that's not suffering from contamination and oil that holds up well, even if, you know, the fact that this is a, in, an older engine with a lot of miles on, even if that is somewhat contributing to the low metals, you still have 
a fantastic looking set of results. And keep in mind, the motor's doing well on the customer's end too. It's simply an impressive set of results. And I think an interesting uh, tidbit of information for our listeners that you don't need to expect more metal as an engine ages. It won't simply start looking worse in testing. If anything, it might not be making as much metal, but you don't need to expect motors to simply start wearing poorly just due to how many miles they have on them. In fact, it can be the opposite. So good thing to keep in mind, if you take care of an engine, if you don't run into problems that can impact how the engine is wearing, if you are monitoring how that engine is responding to the use it sees and adjusting your oil change intervals accordingly, you can keep an engine on the road for a long, long time. Now we're going to go to the aircraft side. Had an interesting customer question come in to our email inbox, and this relates to a Lycoming IO540. And again, this is a Customer question that you know, maybe I've asked before, but it's frequent enough that I want to return to it just in case you haven't heard my answer or my thoughts on this previously. And that is whether or not the owner of this Lycoming IO540, whether they should sample the first oil change. And the reason I want to bring this question up in particular is because it pertains not only to the Lycoming IO540, not only to aircraft engines in general, but really whatever it is that you're taking care of that needs oil to do its job, the answer is sampling the first oil change is in fact meaningful, even if you can expect results that don't match up well with averages. You know, I always stray from saying that a factory oil sample looks bad just because it has high levels. I, I know that in context, the levels are to be expected. And I know also what a typical wear and sample looks like. So I'm not in the habit of just looking at high levels or even low levels for that matter, and just making a blanket statement. It's all about context. It's all about what we can expect given the situation. On the last episode, I talked about how low metals without knowing how many miles it took to accumulate them or you know whether or not let's say i i don't think i covered this particular aspect on on the last episode but something else i'll throw out here is that low levels can also reflect a lot of fresh oil being put in before the sample is taken it's always about understanding the varied factors that can contribute to these results so even if you have high levels again we know what to expect given a wear-in situation. We also understand what we expect to improve. So I never look at high levels and just say it's ugly. And wow, what a rough sample because it's not really the case. And if it is indeed a rough sample, then we're gonna explain why that is. But not only is it okay to send that along, I value the factory oil sample because it sets the tone for where things began and offers you a look at how things have improved since then. It should be the high watermark for an engine, a transmission, whatever. You should start off ordinarily. I say should because of course there, there are exceptions to the rule. I looked at a transmission sample today 
where it was the factory fill and oil run a little shy of our average still looked fantastic metals right where we expect didn't even find any signs of oxidation based on the lack of insolubles everything really came up aces but i understand that that's more of a exception to the rule having low levels or average levels uh, compared to what we typically see in a factory fill but having that high water mark and then sampling the next oil change lets you see if this engine is on the right track that way you don't send in let's say the second or the third oil change you know a lot of owners assume well um, you know the wear-in process is over with so now's the time now's the time to sample and then and then we might find high levels and they'll oftentimes rightfully so be worried about whatever it is they recently bought or or overhauled or rebuilt and say oh my gosh well the wear-in period's over so so these high metals they they mean that this engine's in bad shape and while the wear-in process is rather brief the residual metal and silicon that can hang around from that wear-in process can keep those levels high for a while so you want to know where things started so you can understand how much or on the flip side how little things have improved i'll just mention another instance from today where i looked at a i believe it was a ford engine the first sample was taken around a thousand miles and there were high levels of just about every metal and silicon and then we look at the next sample run longer i think run close to five thousand miles and there were easy to spot decreases in elements like copper and silicon that are typical for wearing and sealer you had an increase in iron but we could see that on a per mile basis there was progress there so i could point back to that first sample and say hey look at all this obvious progress you know you can see that these levels of copper and silicon are lower and guess what even though the iron level went up at face value there is such a big decrease in how much metal the engine was making per mile that there is progress evident in that area too now of course if you miss the chance of sampling that factory fill not the end of the world we're just going to have to use that second that third whatever oil change you are starting your file with as the baseline and we'll build from there and understand how that engine that transmission is maturing so whether it's a Lycoming, you know, a, a new Mustang, a new Tacoma, doesn't really matter. A factory fill can lend meaningful insight so we can determine how things are improving at the next oil change and so on. Having a track record is always the best bet in terms of knowing how trends have developed over time how the engine is responding following that wear-in period because again while the initial wear-in period is brief remnants of that process can linger which is why we want to see how things are tracking from one oil run to another now i want to switch gears back to the automotive side talking about a sample that i looked at from a mercedes-benz this was belonging to an sl 500 so it was a 5.0 liter engine the first sample had high levels of copper and lead specifically. If you've been around this program for a while, you know those are brass, bronze metals, can be from bearings, obviously. 
the first sample was when the vehicle was new to the owner. Levels were high. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we're in a position where we have to let people know that the results are less than ideal. And the anxiety, I think, can set in for some owners because you have to wait until there's another sample, right, to gain more insight. But the fact is, the levels that we found in this first sample, they were less than ideal for sure, but not obviously problematic. Uh, we're using our averages as a baseline for comparison. We can see that the levels are higher than that average, but it's a recent purchase. Customer didn't have service history on the motor prior to their ownership, didn't know about recent repairs, what kind of use the engine was seeing. Was it experiencing a lot of you know, stop and go driving? Uh, was the owner, you know, what was the owner asking of this motor in general? What was their typical oil change interval? So many unknowns. And you combine that with the fact that the analyst behind the keys looking at these results didn't strike an overly cautionary tone in the report. You know, from our side, I, I totally appreciate that it's easy for us, you know, to say, hey, these are levels we want to watch. And then have the customer on their end go, well, come on, is this a problem? I totally understand that, that train of thought, that anxiety that can set in. But this report that I'm talking about right now, the second sample from the engine is such a good talking point. It's such a good example of how you don't want to overreact to one less than ideal set of results. And when I say less than ideal, I'm talking about these levels that are a bit high and levels that we suggest checking back on. Certainly not those instances where there's a mess of coolant contamination and obvious, you know, bearing wear that looks like a, a pending failure or you know, I'm not talking about that. When I say less than ideal, I'm speaking to those results where we usually end the comment with check back in such and such mileage, or let's wait and see how these levels trend over time. That's what I mean by less than ideal. Levels that are important to monitor, but from the analyst side, don't spark immediate caution. Because in this second sample, again, we're looking at Mercedes-Benz 5.0 powering the SL500, copper and lead improved significantly. Levels that are in the ballpark of averages. And not only that, the customer sampled an oil run about 3,000 miles, you know, shy of the average interval, but 3,000 miles is plenty to gain some meaningful insight on how that engine is doing. You know, there's always going to be reason to kind of hold your breath a bit if it's, say, you know, just a few hundred miles of oil use and you see large decreases. You don't want to take metals off your radar quite yet, you know, in cases like those, because new wear hasn't had much time to accumulate. But in this case, we're looking at a significant amount of mileage, allowing buildup of new wear. And we can see that there's clear progress in the metals we highlighted last time. The remaining metals that did not get any highlights, they stayed in good shape. And so was the oil, oil that had physical properties that matched up with the specs we have in place. And we're going to be looking for metals to stabilize from here on. You know, you have the turnaround. Now we want to see 
that improvement stick. And if it does, you know, the owner has to feel pretty good about where they are. You know, it's it's a good example of why you never want to look at one less than ideal set of results and immediately start writing that engine's obituary. Engines can improve in wear. We see it every day. And I understand the reason to be a little hesitant to believe that. You know, if you see your first report and the results aren't glowing, you think, well, how can it improve on that? Well, the fact is it simply can as different owners can treat engines differently, at least at Blackstone Laboratories, you can trust that the comment provided highlighting whatever results are less than ideal is written by an analyst who has seen the notes that this is a new purchase. We're taking into account that you know you have unknowns on your end and that we're using our averages as a baseline, but we are not seeing anything that looks like a obvious take it to the shop situation wait for that next sample to tell you more and i promise the additional insight knowing how those metals are trending that is so much more meaningful than looking at one metal that doesn't line up perfectly with averages and then assuming the worst will be loud and clear when the caution is necessary but sometimes an engine can have a bad day in testing, when operation is smooth, when we're not throwing out the obvious red flags, just noting metals to monitor. I think a lot of owners would be surprised at the turnaround, engines, transmissions, what they're really capable of. So this was a good story, seeing this Mercedes improve. Glad to see that. You know, we certainly are not in the business of looking for reasons you know, that, that owners need to check back. We are more than happy to see a glowing report and call it exactly like it is and note that, you know, the owner is taking such good care of their motor. Like earlier in the show, talking about that Tacoma with over 400,000 miles on it and how good it looked, you know, had no reason to end the comment saying, well, you're going to want to wait and see if a contaminant crops up. Of course, you know, it's good to keep an eye on the motor you own, but we're never in the habit of picking out things that are meant to strike up anxiety for our benefit. Uh, we're going to look and see if things first are in good shape. And if they are, we'll let you know. And on the flip side, if we see room for improvement, we're going to call that out too. That brings today's topics to a close. Before I let you all go, I want to remind you the voicemail that I brought up at the start of the show, it is live now. So you can call in 614-407-6169. Again, this voicemail is an opportunity for you, the listener, if you have questions that pertain to oil analysis, Blackstone Laboratories. I'll entertain a little, uh, let's say extracurricular activity depending on the subject matter um, as well. I want to keep it fun. I always am uh, open to you know lending character where character is due uh, because just like our comments are there to remind you that there is a real person with an actual life and personality behind the keys crafting your comments. This show is brought to you by folks who like to have fun too, and we like to uh, go beyond the science sometimes, go beyond the data, and actually be real with you. So 
depending on the subject matter, I may include some extracurriculars. But at the end of the day, I want to leave this voicemail as an opportunity for you, the listener, to have more engagement with the questions we answer, the topics we break down. If you have questions about oil change intervals or say your results or or how to interpret this element or that, you know, topics like that are perfect, fair game for the show. Be more than happy to answer them. So keep that voicemail rocking. I'll be looking forward to hearing uh, what all you have in store for me and my co-producer, Josh. This brings episode 80 to a close. Thank you so much for listening. 